0: Welcome to Ferry Unfiltered and I have my special guest, Connie McLaughlin. Hello. Hello. How are
1: Hello. you?
0: I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what you've got up your sleeve for me this morning. Well,
0: time. there is no sleeves no today. Sleeves. There is no sleeves today. So <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just all go. So um, So as I say, we've got like, you're an amazing guest to have on. It's actually great to pin you down, because you're obviously oh, extremely sorry. busy, back to, back to work.
1: I mean, normally I'm extremely busy for the last, obviously, few months. <laughs> and and even, I mean, I've been back the last sort of three days and then I've got a wee bit of a ch- chunk of time off before the season starts back. So it's been the weirdest, most bizarre time I think I've ever had. And most people are the same, obviously, from yeah. working because you're so used to being so full on. Like I travel normally quite a lot. And then just being, and like we moved house literally the week before lockdown, like from, we were in Edinburgh. And then um, we'd sort of come through back to Glasgow. And it's been like, like I'm almost trying to sort of sell Glasgow um, to my boyfriend who's from Edinburgh. And he's like, um, like this is the Glasgow that you sold me here. Like there's nothing open. <laughs> we can't go anywhere. What? He's not actually seen the proper Glasgow until now. So
0: oh, I right, it's been a Glasgow. weird time. I love glad. Well, I feel we've teased a wee bit for people that maybe don't know what you've done, you what you do. They'll be like, what, what, what you do? Huh? So why don't we dive into this? So it- I know what you do. Why don't you tell people what what would you say? Is, I know you cover quite a lot of things. So what would you say is your your roles and uh, what is your job at the moment?
1: So I'm a broadcaster, a radio and TV presenter and a journalist. So I predominantly work in sport, football uh, mainly, but I also cover a programme on a Sunday on BBC Radio Scotland, which is about wellbeing, spirituality and looking through um, different people's lives and stories with a more sort of spiritual lens, which is, which is nice. a really interesting thing. I also used to have a wellness business called Inner Buzz, which is all about helping people become the best version of themselves. Um, don't have loads of time for that at the moment, um, but I'm I'm sort of more focused on my broadcasting again. So it's um, aye, that's only really about signing.
0: Oh, that is class. So are you, how are you feeling about the season kicking off? How, how are you feeling about empty stadiums? By the way, how is that? Oh, do
1: you know what? I don't even care about the empty stadiums. I'm just trying <laughs> to get a game. I'm just so, I, like since I've been a little girl, like football for me is such a big part of my life. Like I love it and in particular like I love Scottish football it's it's sort of I remember like going to my first game and I must have been about five or six and just been like looking around and being like what is this that feeling that Mm -hmm. there's just an energy in a stadium that I don't think you can replicate anywhere else people might feel they get it from like gigs or stuff like that but for me like being at a game and that anticipation and, and, and everything that goes along with it is just like it's quite it's like something that I find quite addictive and um and yeah, getting to do that for your job is, is pretty amazing. But like for me, I'm just like dying to get into a ground and get back to some sort of normality. For me, it's like a Saturday is so like sort of regimented. Right. So now the days are just like a day's a day. Like I get to a Saturday and I'm like, whoa. I know this is uh, exactly
0: every day just seems to be drifting into the, the next one. Well seeing uh-huh. you're talking about your football and the buzz, going to what about what what your first game? Do you remember your first game? I do.
1: Mm-hmm. go.
0: hit me with Well,
1: do you know what? I'll give you my first game that I went to, but actually, I didn't really know much about it. And then my first game I went to as like, um, like I sort of I went to get my ticket, and I like I got to go. Right. Get and all that. So the first game I got to get uh, went to it was Motherwell against Celtic at Fir Park. Uh, my dad uh, worked in the police he's retired now but he was in the the sort of um like he knew some of the guys at the gates and he allowed us, they allowed us to go in and lift us over it's not there anymore but it was a section sort of the main stand at fir park that you could kind of like it was almost like a like a like a wall
0: okay and you
1: could kind of get over that wall and we get in through there and I remember standing which is now sort of the right hand side of like the away dugout and looking around in the smells and i remember um seeing celtic and my dad was always obsessed with like, so I've got three older brothers mm-hmm. and, the, and the baby. And he was always obsessed with like making us not support any of the old firm because he was like, <laughs> you know, not sort of into that sort of, the, the, everything that goes around sort of sometimes being associated with it. Yes, firm. I agree. And um, he wanted us to be Motherwell fans. So he was like des- desperate to get us. And then that was sort of not even like that time as well. I think it was, was it 91 or 92 that, that Motherwell won the Scottish Cup? Mm-hmm. and there was like a real sort of my family Um, a lot of them are from Motherwell so and New Stevenson like originally my mum and dad and stuff like that so it was almost but this is your you know your local team and I'm like actually like we live in Eddingston that's not my local team my local team is Celtic right so and obviously <laughs> like at, at school and stuff like that it just became more apparent I remember that day um, looking over and seeing Paul McStay and right. there was something about the colours of the jersey and something about that that I just found I was like oh I like them and, and just that feeling of, and I was like, remember shouting something for, like shouting and my brother, Chris, who's also a journalist, was like, whacking me on the, line the side to say, like, shut up, because we're all of a sudden, the mother will end. Right. So <laughs> I had no concept of that time of like, mm, there's a wee girl shouting for Celtic or whatever. And, and, uh, and you know, I didn't realise. But then, so latterly, I, then the next time I think I went to a game was um, Celtic against Hibs it was a temporary stand at celtic park and again that feeling i will never forget it of walking out onto like this the, i suppose it would have been like the the out to the stadium but obviously it was that it was a kind of weird makeshift stand okay and that feeling of like the sound of different like parts of the ground making noise and I'd never, and because I mean, going from having never been in a stadium apart from Fir Park and going to Celtic Park here at that time, it's massive. And like the weird sort of way that the noise is, and 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 even now, I, I like a laugh about that. And I think God, I've never experienced it, and it was something I was just like, oh my God, this yeah. is amazing, amazing. I can't even remember what the score was, but it was just one of those games. I'm like, I'm amazed just to be here and part of like that whole experience of match day, which I think sometimes we we'll lose a wee bit.
0: I, oh no, I'd not agree with you, because it is, it's just like that, like the whole build-up to like you, you say, like, I remember going to my first game and I got my uncle's, uh, my, uncle lives, my uncle's from Glasgow, he lives in Edinburgh and he was a season ticket for Ibrooks and um, my other uncle lives in Glasgow, so I remember getting in the taxi and um, sitting there with my packet of discos, oh, eating aye. my discos, and then getting into the stadium, and it was Rangers E Dundee and Alan McCoist that we were discussing beforehand, scored two goals, and I was just like, this guy's a god. I mean, and it was, a bit like you said, the smells, the noise, the shouting, it was just all new to me, and I was like, came out, and I was like, buzzing, and it was just like one of the things, but like, football does do that to you. Like, it's, I remember going away to France, and I watched James McFadden score, um, that goal for Scotland. I and I mean, as drunk as I was, it was a great game. It was oh. a <laughs>
1: I know, do you know what? See that night, I'll never forget that night. There there's I think there's always moments. I mean, even from God, from a Scotland point of view, and I, I sometimes like I think as as I've grown and like from a work point of view, you don't you don't allow yourself to have the same connection with your team, which is uh-huh. unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. But so for me, like Scotland's the only way that I get to express my real like how I really mm-hmm. feel and, and, and really get involved as much as like I used to before when I was younger. Cause it's just, it's obviously just different now. But so, so Scotland for me, obviously, it's the ups and downs of having that like love for your country. <laughs> just is, sometimes it's a bit too much to take. I can't it know. is.
0: It's an emotional roller coaster with Scotland. I always <laughs> found I was quite lucky because when, see, when you watch the End of World Cups or we were lucky enough or the Euros, right. you would watch in Scotland get punted out, and they would be like, oh well little top on yeah, oh, I was Italian so it was like
1: oh well, this is fine I mean I'm still in it, I mean, it was right. like... <laughs> that was me so like, I used to have like a really really weird not weird but like I mean it probably was weird to a lot of people but for me like I was obsessed obsessed with Italian football right so, like, Juventus so Celtic obviously were my my team when I was younger and Juventus all the way through my sort of early years I mean like Every sing, I mean, I could every single thing that you knew but or you need to know about UV, I could have told you like that. I, Juve, the football Italia thing for me was always massive. Getting up in the morning and like taping Gazetta at ten o'clock and then watching the game The next day and then like I had a pen pal and cheering and all this and she gave me <laughs> all this memorabilia um, and just like she'd give me all like and just, like all the magazines. I mean, I just had like rooms and rooms and rooms of all the stuff. So Italy were obviously my second team as well. Mm-hmm. So. 'Cause half that UV team were in that, that Italian aye. Place, right? Buffon in that other like, like All of these players that were just like, Oh my god. And that my dream was always to just to get over and to, to go to Turin and to see UV playing and um and I that was like I used to just weird like younger people would be like try to like obsess over like take that and all the rest of it and I was like Juventus. No, I was quite,
0: right. quite right.
1: But uh, quite amazing.
0: Uh that that like, my my team's Napoli, and it was literally because my my grand and grandpa, figured like, Glasgow, was the my Italian side, bought me. My dad was like, no old thumb tops, not nah, You're not getting any hotel. Th- you can have a Scotland top or an Italy top or an Italian team. That's it. Yeah. And uh, that was my dad's rule, and I always remember it was my first top was a Napoli top, and ever since then that's it. That I've been hooked in Napoli, and that's very a dirty do.
1: team, Napoli. To be fair. Okay, oh, that's right.
0: I would have given good So, that I mean, you need to be dirty They so. I mean,
1: We were always known as being like a right nasty, nasty team, that Napoli team around but that time, sort of early 2000s, late 90s. It's so oh, brilliant. Funny. I mean, honestly, see, see, I think back to even that programme, like for me, and I always say this, like the reason I think I wanted to, to be a football journalist was because of James Richardson. I loved that guy. Oh, I still love cool. him. He's cool he, works well. <laughs> he? <laughs> he works for BT as well. He works for BT. And, um, and then there was this, like, honestly, I used to just like think about how he changed the way like, football journalism was and mm-hmm. how, you, how you'd like present programs and all that sort of thing. And it made me sit back and be like, oh, I want to do that. Like I want to do what he's doing. I just make it dead fun. And like, just like more, ma- that was the kind of birth of like magazine type programs. Because yeah. before that, you never really seen him like that before. Like, because football, even like broadcasting back then was quite boring it was stuff your dad would have watched you know it was like <laughs> grandstand and all that kind of stuff and for me like I never really I never really connected with it until until obviously I watched that and I was just like this is that like you can marry both the things you love together and and make it into like something really
0: cool. I just loved how cool it was. It was just seeing it was like a Sunday morning. He's just sitting, just a random coffee shop in Italy. We gelato. Oh. <laughs> I'm like this guy is brilliant. I mean, but, and also the intro, like obviously the, the football Italia. can I just love it. So you obviously is like BT and BBC. You've you covered quite a quite a few bits there. But, right. Let's talk. What about where's your favourite place you've travelled to? Then obviously you travel about.
1: Favourite place of travel? Do you mean for football wise or work? Well,
0: I've done my homework on you a wee bit. Really? So, I, I, I mean, because obviously we've got some friends in common. So, I've done some background work here, Connie. Okay. You know what I mean, so, um, but we'll talk about your business first. <laughs> so, where's the, where's your where's where's favourite like, stadium or country you've travelled to regarding your work?
1: Um, my favourite, oh, God, that's a hard question, actually. I mean, the new camp would be an obvious one because right, it's like right. such a sort of like a as iconic isn't it in football yes. to be there and be part of that kind of thing but um I think your my favorite place I've traveled to my favorite football stadiums two different things so favorite right. place I've traveled to maybe would be I was quite recently in Bratislava Oh. which is in fact do you know what, actually Ma- Macedonia I went to mm. Macedonia with Scotland years ago and I remember being like Macedonia this is quite random and I remember going to Macedonia and being like this place is absolutely gorgeous it's really was beautiful it was so like I was so it was so unexpected I did not really know because I would never really sort of thought too much about what was happening in Macedonia Same. strangely um, but then going there and just thinking oh my god like this is somewhere that you don't even expect to be as like aesthetically beautiful and the weather was gorgeous nice. and the people were amazing uh, I think we won actually I think it was maybe a qualifier um, and then do you, that, actually, the only thing I remember, apart from being really gorgeous, is the fact that my, we were on air. I was working for Radio plays at the time, and, um, and we were doing sort of bits and pieces in a super scoreboard, and there was wasps everywhere. Oh. <laughs> and I've got like a weird wasp thing. And I'm like, anything else, like bees or like at any insect, so you could put a tarantula out, and I'm not really that bothered, but a wasp. So really? I'm like trying to like well, I'm trying to like <laughs> pretend I'm totally fine on air and doing all that so like moving about is that they're <laughs> properly attacking us like they're everywhere. Um aye, so but Macedonia probably is, is one of my favourite, most random places that I've been right. to for work, I would say.
0: Nice. Who would who would you say is like who did, obviously you've spoken spoke about obviously football Italia, stuff like that. Who would you say is somebody that you've interviewed that you've just went you've just blown my mind?
1: Oh Paolo Maldini, I think. Really, I wanted to meet him. Oh my God! I mean, he was like, talk about like energy. That you know, when you meet someone, I like I've been, and I've I've been lucky enough to interview quite a few people who like through Champions League games. So like Messi coming through, um, and yeah. Ronaldo, um Wayne Rooney, like that, like big sort of Manchester United Barcelona teams, that sort of thing. When when um Celtic Rangers played them. But I remember being in a mix zone at Celtic Park when Celtic had played DC Milan and just turning around. And then there was this big like Roman God standing and it was Maldini. And he took his time with every single person. You know, he's not only physically, I mean, he's massive, big, huge face and cheekbones and big piercing blue eyes. He's a big handsome bastard. uh, I mean, he's he's, uh, he's he's, he's, he's handsome as anything, but it was more just about like, his presence uh-huh. rather than how he looked it was just he was just you walked in and you were just like "Hi, hey, there's Paolo Maldini and especially for me from a like from an Italian football point of view I was just like oh my god there's Maldini and being in like you know captain and somebody who's like I mean even just that like the dynasty of that Maldini family with is yes. Maldini and everything else and all that that means to Italian football that was like amazing like amazing he was such a cool guy
0: yeah, that's brilliant. By the way, I, I don't know how you're going to top that because that's that was that's he is one of my favourite all-time players. And like you say, like the fact that like, his dad played, now his son's playing. It's just
1: I'm rubbish know. though. Like I forget. So you can so like see if you ask me this again in an hour, I'll probably think of someone else. But I like I can, <laughs> it. It seems to be, and people will say this. Some people, some people are really good at remembering, like really specifics mm-hmm. of like you know three years ago on a Tuesday, I was at this game and this was the score, and whatever. Like. I'm really bad for that because I feel as if like, they, they tend to just merge into one because so you're, mm-hmm. you're doing them in such a regular basis and it seems to be like day after day or week after week. So I'm, I'm quite rubbish, but that one always sticks out in my mind as being like, wow, you know, there's there's Maldini. And he's quite what the
0: cool. an amazing experience. Some of the people you've met are just like... They're brilliant. I feel like I should just buy a string of football tops, give you them, and just hope to God you can get some signed. Do you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, <that'd laughs> they're just good. unbelievable. I
1: went through a phase of that actually, like oh, did doing you? that, like good, getting really good tops, and see now, like giving them away, like like maybe dinners or stuff like that. And now I've actually, I don't even think, I don't even think I get any. I think I've got one Scotland top from years ago, and and there somewhere, and I've randomly got a pair of Scotland socks, um, <laughs> and I drogbiz his boot for a while. And then I, I don't even know. I don't know where the rest I think they're all just like. The
0: amount of people you're meeting, but, but where would you keep all the tops? That is I'm the not, thing. Do you know I'm mean? A, th-
1: exactly. I'm not. And I, I think it's better that they're, they're giving away other things that are need for better causes.
0: You've got the experience, man. You can't buy that. At the end of the day, you couldn't buy that. So let's talk about experiences, wellness. Obviously, we're going to dive back into everything. But you obviously spoke about your business. You've obviously got a background. Is it psychology you've got a background in?
1: So I studied um original journalism and then there's a big long story about that, but I was quite young at the time and I always knew I wanted to be a journalist. And then I went to um I went to Napier uni in Edinburgh mm-hmm. and it was just like I think I think I was only like sixteen, maybe turning seventeen at the time and it was too it was too soon. So I came back to Glasgow and then they were like at Cali Uni they said to me listen there's going to be a journalism course starting next year so if you start this like social science course what you can do is you can just join the journalism course like next year so I did that and then um, the course didn't start for like another three years so I was kind of stuck doing this social science course and at the time I was really into like politics um, and and then the psychology stuff just ran alongside it and then I didn't really realize at the time how kind of useful that was going to be ah. looking back and then and then i finished that never really thought any more about it and then i went to do my my postgrad and journalism and then just that path sort of started and it was only really latterly that i'm like oh this stuff's quite useful and it's not actually it's not even necessarily the content there it's probably just the experience of of having a basis i think in it it mm-hmm. helps because i think most of my learning came later but um but yeah that sort of helped me along with the next part of my journey
0: is that when you started your, your 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 other business? Obviously, obviously, no, you don't have as much time for that just now. Did you sort of drift into that, like, as well, like?
1: Nah, it wasn't a drift moment. It was a proper epiphany moment. Like, right. So I worked for Sky at the time down south, and I moved down there from Radio Clyde, and thought, "Oh my God, like this is it? This is the big change, the big move. I'm going to go mm-hmm. down there. Step aside, Kirsty Gallagher. Here she comes." <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> and i was like hmm this is not really what i thought it was going to be oh really uh uh, well because they they'd started off this digital radio station and i'd moved to do that so i was presenting um like a breakfast program on that which was listening to the experience looking back again now it's amazing what you what you can do in reflection it was such an amazing experience in terms of helping me get a broader range of sport
0: Uh um
1: and but at the time, I was miserable. Oh man, I was so miserable. Like, I was properly like left, all my friends, and my family. This had been the first time I'd ever moved away from home before. Like, I was 25, 25, 26. And even though, like, I know now, like, loads of people go and do stuff at that age and whatever, but for me, like, I was such a homebird. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, a lot of people go and travel for uni or move. Like, I we all stayed in Glasgow. There's a big group of our friends, and you were always kind of scared you'd be missing out and something, like, you know so and and you know my family was really close I'd I'd never moved away and I really struggled I think with like being on my own living on my own um and not having that safety net of having people round about you and sort of having to really like start your life again I suppose like making friends and and even though it's only like three like three hours away in the car it's still like you're not just at home for a cup of tea or you kind of just nip home at the weekends to see your pals if you're working or you're doing stuff. So, like I think I got myself into a situation where it was almost like you know when people say they start meditating and they strip back all the all the busyness of their or they or they settle down and then they begin to see all the busyness that's already in their mind.
0: huh.
1: Like I think for me stripping back all the stuff like all the social life and you know the other stuff the busyness going around with work I just had like myself my own thoughts. and sometimes that can be quite a scary thing to realize sort of what's going on in, in your head and how you think about yourself and what you think about really where you're at and and that caused me quite a bit of turbulence I think is probably the best word to use and I really needed to find a way to try and manage how how I was feeling because I don't think like I was I don't think I was like depressed depressed but I think I was on the road to it and I, was, okay. and I was pretty sort of in a place where I, I didn't it didn't feel comfortable. I was really uncomfortable with how I was feeling. I was thinking I was always the next thing. I wasn't happy where I was. I felt as if I should have been doing more. I needed, I had all this sort of drive and didn't really know what to do with it. And it was uncomfy. And I remember a girl that I knew, one of the only people that I knew really down there, um, was a the girl that did my spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure where I was going for the spray tan, to be honest, but... <laughs> Um, I know where to go but um and she was like spraying me away and she's like she's a lovely girl and she was like listen there's this meditation class you should go along to it with this girl that I know her name was Roxy and I was like well you know I was very open to stuff like that but I'd never really practiced fully meditation but I was always sort of very interested in more of the alternative side of life and spirituality and that sort of stuff but I'd never really sort of delved into it too much and um I went along in this class and I remember like it was in this wee like, creepy hairdressers right and nice. you had to like climb up these this staircase and into like almost which was like a kind of loft space that you kind of thought and i'm like am i getting trafficked here like what is, what is this like this is something's not right <laughs> and so i went into like uh this this room and she had like the candles and stuff on and like these kind of cushions and i remember just sitting down and being like Do you know what i just got to get like let this go and just see what happens here and i remember sitting down and and it was all like an hours guided meditation that she did and it blew my mind like it really blew my mind and i was yeah. like what the hell was that i remember walking out and thinking like mm. like what happened there and thinking right, <laughs> hey, well, at least i need to like know more about this so i right, that kind of started like, this obsession with like well being what happened in, to to me that day like if i could open up myself and and, and almost draw myself and ground myself back in within the space of an hour having never done it before yeah. what the hell else can you do mm-hmm. um, and 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 yeah and the business really after sort of my own learning and being involved in that for quite a number of years i just kept thinking like how is this not a thing like why are we not talking more about this if if i can feel so much better compared to where i was at just by doing these simple things how why? Why are we not in a position where the general public know about this? So that was my kind of mission was to try and help people to understand what I was doing, how it helped me, and then the hope that it would help other people as well.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah. Wait, this is ideal. This is exactly why, like we have put people at your cell phone, it's like experiences like that that you you like you said, like an hour just shifted you and it's uh, thinking differently grounding you and I've I've experienced that myself like I was actually talking about that last week with my guest Karn and she does Reiki and I palmed Reiki off I was like shite I'm not interested hippie no doing it and it wasn't until everything happened to me and when my nurse sent me to like um, a woman and she was like I'm going to do Reiki and at that point I was the lowest of low couldn't have get any lower um, and I was like do you know what I'll try it I don't care anymore I'll just try it and it was insane insane the difference I felt and to that point I was like obviously until everything happened with lockdown I was more or less going for Reiki like once a month and like I would say to my mates and some of my mates are now like Reiki really well I mean I actually might give that a bye. to the point where this is guys were like no I'm never going to stuff like they they're opening up to me a bit more because I think because I was so standoffish with stuff like that now I'm like loving all this like meditating stuff like that
1: you know the thing i found though and and again it's like it's all about like being able to look back and think about sort of how you, how i did things then and how i probably approach things now is that i had this belief that actually if everyone did this they would feel better if everyone had this viewpoint they would feel this way but actually what i realized is like loads of people are not ready for that Loads mm-hmm. of people are, are maybe don't want to do it, right? Yep. And maybe are not in a place where actually that's for them or they're, they've got other learning to do or they've got it I don't mean that to sound like almost like patronizing. I just mean like, our, I, I believe that our lives have all take sort of different paths. We all take different roads to, to get to where we need to be and not every, well, one thing fits everyone. And I think that's one thing that I didn't quite realize because I was on this evangelical sort of mission <laughs> and everybody just meditates and they just use like, think about the law of attraction and all these things, whatever. Like actually, but do you know what? It doesn't work for everyone because it's not the right thing for everyone, in my, in my opinion. And everyone's got, to, like, everyone's got to find their own way that's right for them. And I think the most important thing and the message I would always give now, even speaking to clients or anything that I would do, is like getting yourself into that place where you feel as if you can, know yourself the most connecting into that thing that's you and then you make the decision for yourself so try of mm-hmm. different things and just find out what the thing is that works for you because some people like you it'll be exercise mm-hmm. you know that'll be the thing that takes them into that space and that the, the you know, they'll find their joy and be in their flow for other folk it'll be meditation for other folk it'll be music or or whatever. like everyone is different but i just think that the, the most important job that we've got to do is just get connected herself enough that we can we can be clear enough on on the right path that, that takes us into that space, and that's the biggest thing I think I've learned.
0: Uh, no, I know, and I'm singing to the same house sheet as you. Um, that you're right; not everything is going to suit everybody. And This is what I've been experiencing talking back to my clients now. I, I'm talking to them, and it's like well, they're like, "Oh, I need to do this and this and this and this and this," and I'm like, "Whoa, slow down." You know I mean, it's like, like you're saying, it's finding something just to get them back, at finding something to suit them, and you're completely right, you know I mean, like, I, there's some things, I, I, I've tried other things, do you know I mean, like, I tried hypnotherapy, I'm trained in hypnotherapy, I, 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 it doesn't work, I, do, I don't feel it works necessarily for me, but things that have surprised me work for me, like Reiki, meditation, Billy, like you said, exercise is my thing, like, I can go in there, and I've become me again and that's that's the thing. So there you are. Oh this is look at this. We're, oh oh canny worms here. Oh. <laughs> <A bit laughs> no. a later,
1: we're still talking about it. I,
0: I know, we could be on here for ages. So I, I know that you've um, you've obviously you've worked down south. Have you um worked anywhere else?
1: Yes, in America. Which oh, is really? Awesome. I never knew that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so whenever um, I went on my evangelical mission with uh, Inner Buzz, I, um, I remember sitting my brother, uh, my eldest brother, he helps design businesses, which was quite handy. Nice. And, um, and he was starting to grow his business in the States. And he said, listen, why don't you come over with me? Try this out, test the material, test it on different types of clients, different types of, um, I suppose, demographic in terms of ages, ethnicity, um, social background, and just see where it lands. So I did, I went to the States and went to, to Chicago, um, initially for three months and then came back. Then initially again, went out for three, or went, sorry, again went out for three months and then again, obviously keeping in line with the visa for yes. the immigration men that are listening um, and then I and, and just and actually started growing quite a good sort of space within like tech startups um, like incubators around Chicago who were really open to that sort of um, that sort of thing I, I genuinely felt as well that um, in in the states where they're probably in certain areas I would say probably midwest's the the east coast certain parts and certainly certain parts of like southern california uh from my own experience um and the small experience that that's been they're they're, they're ahead of us by quite a considerable distance in terms of how they think about the stuff i was talking about so yeah. for example i remember going into a, um, a talk um, in london in the city talking to financiers talking to guys who were kind of ceos of companies like people who were really quite influential guys walked in there gave them a chat about you know this is what I did and this is you know where I came from whatever else and I remember oh my god I uh," and this is this is like one time I remember just being like I am dying on my arse here like (laughs) like dying and i've done like i've done that a million times right and like obviously for me from a work point of view public speaking is not something that i'm concerned about i love it right i uh-huh. love being that space and it's just like it's just you're in your flow you're chatting to folk and it's a good sort of place to just do your thing but it, you can tell very quickly the energy you're getting from the audience and how that's coming back and forward right and i was just like oh no and and doing the exact same talk, right, at, a, at, a, at an incubator in the in the states in Chicago was just like I did a meditation with with like the same sort of like visual, visualization exercise with, okay. with the same type of groups. And one woman in Chicago saying she'd just seen Jesus. <laughs> 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 and then the one, London, the one in London was just like, I mean, you couldn't even you were not getting any feedback then. It was terrible. But and that and that is like I mean that's totally anecdotal in terms of saying like how we compare as countries right but it's just a wee example of how like the experiences i think that i've had in terms of um they're they're quite a different audience and obviously there's people here who are so all about this and they're so sort of like this is their thing and they're really passionate about it that is very commonplace, and and especially like so i spent a lot of time in in los angeles as well and like in LA, you're, it's just the norm, like people, the way like, so how they advertise stuff, you can tell how people just generally spend their time, it's not around like, so here it'd be more like, do you want to go for a drink at the weekend, go for whatever, whereas it's like, you know, it's much more about, yeah, we'll go to yoga, or we'll go to meditation, or we'll go to soul cycle, or we'll go for a I will go and um, hiking, or we'll go whatever. It's just, a, and I know, and there's lots of things, I suppose, and reasons for that, like weather and all that sort of stuff as well. But it's just a different mindset. So for me, I, I felt like going out there; it was just going to be easier, easier to, 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 you know, express myself, easier to feel more comfortable for me doing it as well. I suppose because I still felt a wee bit like I was coming out the closet here. um And then, and I, and and, and so things took off really well. But again, like you're you're kind of stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea because there's lots of issues with with um visas and all that sort of stuff it doesn't make that didn't mean that as easy but i was kind of working with companies that were based there from here remotely which was great right, okay amazing but, experience unbelievable experience i feel so lucky that i've had the time to to experience the sort of more midwest like chicago is more kind of like here and LA is just another
0: oil is another planet um, I, 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 I see when you were in chicago did you go to giordano's for a pizza
1: you Theodana's? Whereabouts is that? Are you
0: kidding me on? They're everywhere! It's like a big massive... Did you get a deep-based pizza when you I, were in Chicago? No,
1: so I hate deep-pan pizzas. And, and
0: there so do I... would like no, a normal I, pizza. Nah, no, give to get me one. like
1: a pizza from Rome and they're the flat, like proper Italian pizzas. Deep-pan pizzas are just like... It's like eating a roll.
0: Oh, for goodness sake! Did You didn't have it when you are in Chicago, though. No,
1: I actually didn't. There's a place actually... Um, round from a place called hubbard street and it was like the place you would go for deep pan pizza i can't even remember what it's called bye oh. ultimately sorry bust your bubble I you've totally bust my
0: bubble you've totally bust my bubble but i agree, I agree uh, uh, the, the side of america is so different a lot of family's all from like uh, new york and new jersey but like we went we've been like, backpacking and stuff like that you got but we were in honeymoon we went to chicago i love chicago like you say it's a bit like here Love the place but then when, when I was backpacking, I was in L.A., it was the most bizarre experience of ever. Like, people are just completely different. Like, uh, so I, I mean, I looked like... Uh, when I was backpacking, I'd grew my hair and the sun had made it a lot lighter. And those women stopped me to tell me I was a re- reincarnation of uh, Kurt Cobain. I looked nothing like Kurt Cobain. But, like, it was just... I was like, of this place is totally fucked up. <laughs> I, love I
1: love it. Like, I just... There's something about L.A. Like, I think there's a freeness of a freedom of expression. There's a freeness of being yourself in LA that I think that there's not, you don't get a lot of other places and there's a reason there's certain types of people that are drawn to there. I mean, obviously you've got all the shite. That's all the like the, you know, film stuff and the entertainment and all that. Like, and then yeah, that is a part of it, but that was never the thing that attracted me to LA. It was more just about the lifestyle, the, that, And it's not, again, it's not like the Kardashian side of what you would Uh see, more like the hills and Calabasas and stuff. It's more like actually like Venus and like, um, for me, just like that kind of like realness of being at the beach and just like, I don't know, just being, I'm basically just a hippie. Except I can be an acceptable happy there, and I can't be that here.
0: An acceptable happy—that's that's a new term I've never heard, but i will go with that. Right. So um, you're back to what now? Um, so uh, see, with regarding football, obviously, so you've you covered like boxing in that as well, don't you? Like, yeah, you know, are you box? Are you quite into boxing? Um,
1: I mean, I would always say like my my focus is always football, but when I'm covering different sports, I mean, Jesus Christ, I've like done curling quite recently curling oh. boxing swimming like anything then you're always you always get really into it when you're doing it mm-hmm. um but it's not necessarily something that i would think that i, I, I you know i don't like sit and be like right, okay who's who's on in the undercard today so, Aye. but it's but it's it's sport and sport sport when you're a journalist.
0: with your job i mean do you find that you need to go in like obviously you know you know football inside out but then like see if you get like punted into, like, rugby, like, boxing, cricket, like, do you need to go and study the sports lately, like, to, like, understand it, because, like, I mean, I couldn't tell you, if they went to me, like, hey, Chris, you're covering cricket today, I'd be like, I don't know, cricket. is it rounders, I don't know, like, and,
1: like, listen, see, after, like, 11 or 12 years, or however many years I've been doing this, like, cricket's still a challenge for me, I'm not going to lie, I still don't <laughs> And even like the laugh about it, and I'll, I'll they'll be so. I sometimes do the news channel for the BBC, and right. obviously, you need to do like live score updates. So, see, when it comes to live score updates for the cricket, I'm almost like oh. <laughs> <laughs> you get someone in your ear, so I'm almost like, just tell me the words to say, Just tell me the words to say. <laughs> like, obviously, I can read a scorecard and whatever, but if there's something happened, like you know, I can tell when someone's taken a wicket, or like, but when there's, I mean, when it got to last year when there was like the super over. And there was all sorts of things happening with like the ashes and stuff. I mean, that was like, but it was actually really exciting. Like cricket's not my favourite, but uh, again, I think it's just because we don't, we don't know it well. We, it's mm-hmm. not something that we're familiar with massively being Scottish. Um, it, but, aye. but in terms of research, God, that's half the job. Because if you don't research well, you're found out very quickly. So okay. research is a big part of what I do
0: do you obviously find that like um, obviously with more sort of like channels coming in like obviously you work with bt and bbc see things like espn and everything coming in are you know it's an element of like the presenting are they ever wanting you to like like you obviously see american presenters are like so different have they ever went to use like wanting a different element or do they just want used to be natural just be like use no
1: no no that's not really happened to me before but i think that i always say and i always feel like when you're you you're the best you can be on air uh-huh like a hundred percent and i even see that when other people are presenting i'm thinking god if i could only just see a bit more you, mm-hmm. you like the actual you that you see is like is is just amazing and it's infectious and obviously there's times where you know it's not as if and I, and by that i'd been like not being on air and being like ha 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 all the time it's just like actually even when you're delivering something that's quite serious or you're talking about something that's quite serious it's just about actually that authenticity I think is really important to get across and I think that from a presentation perspective no matter what you're doing whether it's coaching no matter if it's you know doing something on YouTube or you're recording digital content the most important thing I always say is is for people just to be themselves and I think like that doesn't mean you say you don't have to come in and sit and do podcasts in your jammies incidentally it's
0: hey, about, like, there's nothing if, like, up with that. Nobody would have knew unless you say know, it you know, You've told everybody now they know.
1: But I am in my pyjamas. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I mean, just about you and letting people see your vulnerability and letting people see that, you know, it's not always this amazing life Or you're, you know, you, 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 you tell people the sort of, the edited version of your life on Instagram. It's, and, right. and, and equally, it's not about saying... This is what happened to me, and when you know, it's, it's about actually your authenticity, about like just you as a person, how you can get that across. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do, by the way.
0: No, like I, I, I love like, watching like is it what's his name? That's got the wee thin moustache um, on Sky Sports. Um, David, can you do? No, they're on like uh, Jeff and the Gang. It's like, oh, what's it? Uh...
1: Remember, I obviously don't work for Sky and don't. No, I know. Really I know. I'm, d- I'm
0: just game. talking about like, hang hey, me, but yeah. like, like, when they're on, like, like, you can tell the group of them oh, sit and mean, watch.
1: Uh, Cammy. Uh,
0: Cammy, that's Cammie. it. Like, but do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, like, he's got his bloopers now that you see in Facebook no, and I, stuff.
1: He, he's so successful because he's just himself. That's my I, point. I, huh. I,
0: and this is what I love about it. This is what, I would never want to see any of that took away. Like, just a natural, like, having a laugh. Like, oh, I don't know who scored there. Which, like, was the I mean, you know, I do love- you
1: really good at that as well. And why, and why the, his podcast is so successful, Cy si Ferry. Oh, really? Cy, si, like, I don't know if you watch Open Goal, but, like, his his podcast, I mean, it's, like, massive. Like, they get crazy, crazy amounts of views and, and their, their success has been mad it's so successful because say on that podcast is exactly as if you're sitting in the room or whatever really 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 good at at being himself i think that's exactly the thing that translates and that's just another example how that works
0: oh i'm going to i'm going to actually now go and creep on that like this is what i've been doing like just to learn because i'm obviously learning from all this but no i agree with you like i I wouldn't like to become across like dead fake or anything like that so I, I i'm not very good at getting told what to do this is hence why i own my own business so <laughs> do I mean? like the
1: these days.
0: well there you are but we dive in Will we dive in some random questions right you ready right so oh,
1: man, i'm take my i've got my happy cup
0: oh. <laughs> i'm loving it by the way um what about, I got a, would you call it, Karen, I know, they bought me a mug with my face on it. It's just, and people oh, like, that good. is so vain. And I'm like, I never bought it for myself. I like, somebody bought me. <laughs> Why but not? I like it. No, I mean, um, so with it being called Ferry Unfiltered, the plan was, when I was starting the point, we well, obviously started during COVID, so I snookered myself. Mm-hmm. But when I go back to normal, and you'll get you back on, I was going to make you a coffee, right? So if I was making you a coffee, what would I make you?
1: Uh, you wouldn't make me a coffee because I can't drink coffee. What?
0: Well, okay. No. What would you drink?
1: Because I, I, can't. It gives me palpitations. I'm really, like really, really. I can't drink <sighs> anything like that. uh like or kombucha or anything like in with any sort of like caffeine, or even if it's natural. Or not um, so. What would I have? I actually, at the moment, I'm just drinking hot water and lemon. I know that's quite boring, but that's what I drink. I
0: could, I could do that. I'm sure I could buy I lemons. Have that. I could buy Or even lemon. just hot
1: water. I'm actually. I'm. I'm really? Quite easy. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I could drink hot water, water all the time. I but you know the thing is, like we'll coffee or tea this is absolutely boring chat right but it's it's more about the it's the habit of drinking something hot so Mm. it's it's about the thing about boiling the kettle and pouring it in and whatever instead of like constantly thinking you need a cup of tea it's just the reassurance and like the the almost comfort that, that brings you. So see if you do it with hot water after a couple of days, guarantee you'll not go back to your coffee.
0: Well, I, I used to drink a lot of coffee. Um, very quick. I was like, double and stuff like that. And I was like, I did it when I was doing the bodybuilding show because pre-workouts stopped working for me. I was like, this isn't working. This isn't keeping me awake. Um, so I started getting double espressos. But like you say, like, I, I moved on to like, um, like green teas and stuff like that. That's what I drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a coffee in the morning because I like it. But okay, so I'm not making your coffee. Thanks for snooker yeah. and making my chat pure shite. But um, we'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> i'll make you a hot water i can do that right now i'm going to move on to the next thing. we spoke a wee bit about pizza if i had to get you a pizza what would i be getting you and what toppings would i have
1: um so obviously i know i'm such a bore right but I, like i try and stay off the dairy as well mainly for my animal because i've been vegetarian for years but i also i'm trying to really try and sort of to to do the vegan thing well, you becoming a vegan?
0: It. I knew you were a veggie, but I. did
1: but a like veggie. I would say, I'd say I'm ninety percent vegan. So in the house, like we have, everything's like all our dairy, our milks, our butters and stuff are all dairy free. But the odd occasional time, like I'll have like a pizza or something like that's the only time I would really eat, I, eat uh-huh. cheese. And is your
0: partner the same? Is is
1: he's vegetarian? He's he's yeah, oh, is he? no, he's. Oh, that's quite he's easy then. Over, he's all over the cheese. Now he's not bothered about being vegan, and he's not really doing it for the sort of animal reasons or the. He's just. He just prefers so from a health point of view i think he's more getting a, around to the whole animal thing but um i so i would have probably a margarita with like maybe some basil or something on it
0: I or even be. just a
1: veggie veggie supreme or something like that i'm quite happy with that i I'd give
0: you them I, i'm i actually like just a margarita pizza with a bit of basil it's, it's one of my favorites
1: um, nice really thin like properly thin pizza um but vegan cheese is minging so i wouldn't have that
0: I agree with you. I don't take yeah. dairy, and uh, vegan cheese is just shit, right. so let's just be honest. <laughs> Sorry, vegans. Um, right, okay. Now, this is one I enjoy hearing. I mean, I'm waiting to hear
1: yours. Oh, right? God, I am actually, I'm going to need to refer to my notes, because I'm sure I did actually write these down, because this was obviously, we were, just for, for transparency, we were meant to record this last week, weren't we? And I had Yes, to, it? so it's I all good. Thing. Got
0: to Um, keep keep me anticipating just to see who you're going to get. So uh, we're going to get five guests that you're going to invite for dinner, that they can have your margarita pizza with a hot water, right? But who would you have as your five now, dead or alive? Not physically dead. Remember, they're they're not coming back as zombies. They're just
1: they're just the future. Yes. Uh, So Oprah. Oh. Oprah would be be definitely there. Um, I'm going to need to say, like, Jesus.
0: Oof, that, I've had seven episodes and I've never had Jesus. Well, we're in eight now, so thank you very much. There yeah. we go. The big like, man gets a shout-out yeah. for once.
1: Hi. Oh, listen, if you're going to have MD, you're as well just finding out what the whole point of this whole situation <laughs> is. Like, Wait,
0: what was the deal here, just, Jesus? It's
1: a one-to-one. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> just, what's going on? And What should I do about this? I mean, is it offensive
0: funny. when I cry? I don't know. Jesus, give me your thoughts. Give me your no, thoughts, I Jesus. Uh,
1: Jesus, um, Michael Jordan.
0: Ah, By the way, I'm just into episode two of that. My oh, God.
1: My God. He, that is just like... My, uh, oh, Don't even get me started. That's a separate podcast. I think I would also have Phil Jackson as well. Aye. I may, Like just so have him on. Oprah michael jordan phil jackson jesus if i get one more i probably should do a woman um just to bit like balance it up a wee bit um, who would my woman be to be fair
0: oprah is a strong enough woman to hold that table herself
1: exactly so but we'd need somebody to make it a bit like to sort of like i don't know balance it slightly Who's, who would my woman be Oh god, you're going to, need to edit this because this is going to be one of those ones you're just like, Oh,
0: this is natural chat member. Remember, we um, say people appreciate real people, so let's go aye, on. Hey, they don't
1: appreciate sitting watching me thinking for 20 minutes.
0: Humming and on. If they're watching it on YouTube, they'll just be like, is, she, is that her pajamas she's but, in?
1: So Michael Jordan, or who do I it? love? Michelle Obama. It's a good one. It's a very good one.
0: I think she'd be a really interesting woman. Oprah, interesting. I just think is extremely interesting. Like she, not, she her book's supposed to be very good.
1: Or Brene Brown, she's also good. But she'd she I would maybe just she'd be a bit too much in terms of t- calling me out for like my do you know Brene Brown? No. Oh my god, write her down. She's amazing.
0: What does uh, what does she what does
1: she so do? So she is like a specialist. Now this sounds quite deep, right? But she's like uh a, a specialist on vulnerability. Um, authenticity, shame Like she's got one of the most watched uh, In fact, no, wait a minute I'm going to scrap Michelle Obama
0: You've just kicked Michelle sorry, Obama out of your sorry. table
1: I've, scra- I can, I've not you Can you believe this? Uh, I've, I've scratched her out For Russell Brand
0: Ah, uh, wait, wait a minute here You booted Michelle Michelle's at the door, we're ready to let her in And I've just went out oh, Michelle, ah, sorry Or she's oh, just told you to
1: no oprah can tell me they, they're quite tight so she can tell me that she needs to tell me right that Michelle but now russell it.
0: brand russell is just brand. basically oh. body checked michelle obama and right. is now sitting at the table i like russell I brand, love brand. Russell i love russell brand
1: i can't believe he wasn't like imagine him though he'd try and overtake the conversation with jesus and then i'd be a bit raging i'd be like Mike, uh, russell, michael jordan's trying to speak give him a minute and there's jesus trying to put in i mean that'd be a great table
0: Imagine that table, but you would never run out of wine. There's you with your hot water, going about, pouring your hot water, and Jesus is running his hand over it, turning into red wine.
1: I feel like that. I'm fine for the fishes. Give me a bowl. <laughs> actually, Jesus. It's not really how I play my game, but thanks very much. If you can make some vegan fish or <laughs> He's fish. He's like,
0: Jesus. He can do what he wants. I, he can do it he wants, man. Maybe a
1: plant-based Last Supper. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> Phil Jackson just sitting back like that. Mm. Assessing everybody, wondering who fits in where, and all that. On oh, my god, and by the way, if anybody's watching this or listening to this and don't know who Phil Jackson is, Jesus, there's a book he's got called Sacred Hoops, which is like what a book that is! Right. about how he brings spirituality into sport and how he sort of helped that. Um, Chicago Bulls, so he was the coach of Chicago Bulls, obviously, and helped them one of the most successful teams in the world. Um, and his whole thing was about how he brought the sacredness of like the spirit. So he was very much into like um like shamanism. Alright. I, I so he was like oh hi his his whole thing was all about sort of Native American sort of traditions and principles and he would bring it into the team. So before like it, you know really important games. You'll see this if you watch that. And if you're only in episode two, mm-hmm. you'll find this out later. But he um, he will go in and at the out, timeouts, like really important timeouts, maybe they've got seven seconds left before they're trying to like win a, a game or win even a series or something. And he helps them by grounding them, anchoring them back in, by helping them visualize. All the players do this thing where they visualize into like a really safe space. So he's bringing all these techniques and stuff in that you would associate maybe with. I mean, this is even like in the '80s and '90s he's doing this. You know, this Whoa. is like really before its time, like in terms of sports psychology and stuff. Oh, he's amazing. I'd love even any one of those people. I would just love to sit and have an hour
0: with. I. <laughs> Connie, I really want to ask you, and I've never asked a guest this before, but you're, you're, I, I love reading and like, listening to books and that. Could you give me your, I may be bringing this on with random people, can you give me maybe your top five favourite books off the top of your head?
1: Oh, oh so uh, like reading again is one of my favourite things as well, like I love it. I, love I didn't
0: it. know that, I didn't know that, Connie. I didn't oh, know boy. that at all, no. <laughs> You've
1: been doing a lot of research, haven't
0: you? I'm Did a you? pure creep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the job though well, that's good, that's like, good. Top five i know but i wish you told me this beforehand and i would have given you better answers because like i'm rubbish at thinking so like off like when it's stuff when it's stuff like this when i'm like mm, i really i really like this and i really like so loads of things I like but one that pops in at my head that i've been reading again over lockdown which i read years ago and i've actually and then i listened to on audiobook a few mm-hmm. years after that but again you can, you can actually get more from it even every time you read it the celestine prophecy you read that no write that down sell the same prophecy with a c um it was in the top uh u.s like top um like sort of charts in the books can't remember what you call it um for like 20 odd years or something on and off i mean it's, it's like uk's best seller, uh, the u.s best seller sell- list and it was like unbelievable it sold millions and millions of copies um, and there's something about that that's really quite um just kind of strips you back into like how you know do so you know when you're meditating, or even if you've just kind of started meditating and you get into that space where you're like dead excited about stuff and you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna implement all that stuff into my life, and then you kind of gradually get back to normal life again and you're like, Oh shit, I should have done that, I should have done the meditation, yeah. whatever. Whereas like the celestine prophecy is dead easy to follow um in terms of steps, but it's also a dead good story, so it's actually fiction
0: oh
1: and then there's another one uh, which is like there's the the Celestine prophecy there's the ninth and tenth insight which are two separate books and i'm reading the 12th insight just now which mm. is all just follow-ons from from that book brilliant book um what other ones would i say would i always um suggest for people if you're into wellness i would always say a good place to start is a book called you can heal your life by louise Hay. have you heard of that before
0: no, I've not. It's just my, I'm not gonna lie. I'm totally picking their brain for these because <laughs> I'm getting I'm my, getting that audible, getting on that below, get audible. You
1: can get like um, that. You can actually get on YouTube for free if you want to listen to it. That's a good one. Um, and I'm like, let me just go into my my books because then I always re- it reminds me whenever I'm. I uh, Sacred Hoops. That one actually that's I've just finished, and you'll probably. I'm totally getting that, by the way. Bill Jackson's, like, just starting out, so what else?
0: Because I've got the, the, see we're talking about that, I've got, like, the Barcelona way, I've got that to read as well. Oh,
1: yeah, Kyle's got that in there, actually. And The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov is also a really good one. That's on Oprah's, like, I've just, actually, I finished that a while ago, but that's, like, one of Oprah's, like, sort of ten best books that changed my life. Um, What other ones? Library. Seat of the Soul.
0: Imagine having a book that inspires Oprah. God, that's an achievement.
1: She's, I, there's there's loads, actually. I always go into hers and just say, what's she reading? Tell us Matt, um, um, do you read a lot of Wayne Dyer? Uh,
0: no, um, I was listening to Wayne Dyer the other day. Um, I only got introduced to him about a couple of months ago by one of my mates. Oh,
1: God. There's, I know. There's so many of the Wayne Dyer books that I would always recommend. Um, the Four Agreements, Have you read that?
0: No, but I will now.
1: The Alchemist as well is really good. The
0: Alchemist, I get told to read that. Somebody else said that to me the other day.
1: Aye. And there's also, I mean, like, so for me, Untethered Souls also really good by Michael Singer. These are all good books. Um, And also Oprah's Oprah's one, What I Know For Sure, I think it's called. There's actually... Is that by her? Aye. the The Wisdom of Sundays is another one by Oprah. It's really good. good.
0: You've got loads, man.
1: Oh, I love. Honestly, I love a good book. And see, because I, because of the travelling, like if I was going back and forward down south or whatever, on a like in the car, I always just have an audiobook on.
0: Aye, I have an audio book on all the time.
1: Aye, like I love music, right? But there's all. If you're in the car a lot, you just you want something that's going to keep stimulating you rather than the same like stuff all the time. So for me, I'm always like trying to use that time as well to learn and to sort of get me in a good like space for work or. Hi. there's
0: loads of books. Uh, you're quite right, I do that. I go, see, I'm going out my bike, I just put my earphone in one ear, keep them safe with the other ear. And, um, and um, would you call, as you say, I just listen to a book and just go with that. Thank you so much, by the way. I feel like I've, I've learnt honors for this now. I'm like, wait till I go back and I will sit and listen back at it and I'm going to take my notes. And now I'm just, I'm totally picturing your table now with Jesus and Oprah and I feel Russell like Brand. this
1: particular one is not really going to be big enough. Well, although I've got benches, so we might have to squidge up a wee bit. Um, but I don't think Michael Jordan's going to fit his big legs around the table
0: he could sit in the bunker or something like that he, could he just lean against like
1: him that. He'd, be fine. That. he'd be fine oh, man, I would love that. That'd be
0: um, I'd
1: love to interview <laughs> Michael Jordan anyway that's, that's,
0: not, that's hey, I'm hilarious. sure it'll happen I'm sure it'll happen one day thank you so so much for taking the time out to talk to me today and be on Fairy Unfiltered you're an extremely interesting guest
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No, thanking you. And um, I'll get this all ready to go so the people can hear it. But thank you once again.